0: John chapter 2, a very familiar story. I only gave them one verse, but I'm going to read beginning with verse 1, and I'm going to read down through verse number 5. And it says, "In the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. And his mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Whatsoever he saith unto you. Everybody say you. Unto me, as a person, an individual, whatever he says to you, do it. Amen. And I want to talk to you for a little while this morning from this subject. Our destiny is in our hands. And everybody said, Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you for being here today and for standing. You're seated. Let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time and praise Him. One thing I have discovered about the Word of God is that no matter whether it is a parable or a story or whether it is the actual Uh, events of of the hour. When you read the Word of God, there is always a present uh, truth and there is always an underlying principle that goes beyond that moment. And we have read the story and heard it preached from often about the marriage of Cana. It is interesting to me and has always been that Jesus chose to begin his ministry here at this location. And I have looked at this often and wondered why. Why did Jesus choose a wedding to be the stage from which he would begin his powerful and anointed ministry? And I believe that it boils down to one simple truth. Somebody invited him to the wedding. Somebody sent out an invitation and they asked him to come. And so on that invitation, the Lord came and transformed that situation that could have been a miserable and horrible event. And it could have been a great mistake. It could have been embarrassing for the host. God turned all of that around. And in the end, they had better they had greater things at the end than they had at the very beginning, but that to me is uh, is a side note. What is important to me is the message that is spoken out of this text. So often in life, I find in dealing with people that we we enjoy, we love. Blaming others for what is missing in our life. We love to blame someone else for what has leaked out of our life or what is missing from our lives. It's because somebody did me wrong or somebody cheated on me or somebody lied about me or somebody betrayed me or somebody... Uh, hurt me and because of what somebody did to me, now I am affected and I am injured and I am hurt and I will never be able to recover. I have rediscovered a truth this week that I want to share with you and that is that nobody, no other person holds your destiny in their hand. Nobody holds your destiny in their hands. I don't care what they do. I don't care how they treat you. I don't care how they talk to you. I don't care what they do to you. They do not hold your destiny in their hands. Your destiny is never in the hands of someone else. That truth alone is worth you coming to church this morning because there are people that are hung up and there are people that continue in these vicious cycles of failure and they rise up and fall down. They go forward and they fall backward. And all of their life is spent in this pent-up, frustration of never making things work and never making ends meet and always thinking that it's because of what happened to me. That's why I am where I am right now. I don't know who messed up this story. I don't know who failed to make sure they had enough wine. I don't know whose responsibility it was to make sure that there was plenty for what was going to come I don't know who underestimated, but I do know this, that at the right time a word was spoken. And that word changed everything. And that word was, whatever He tells you to do, you do it. Whatever He commands you, your destiny is not in the hands of somebody that failed to calculate the number of the crowd. Your destiny is not in the hands of somebody that didn't estimate enough or they didn't plan enough. Somebody that was trying to cut corners and cheat. Somebody that was trying to get by on less. He said your destiny is not in the hands of somebody else. Your destiny is in your own hands this morning. It doesn't matter what has happened to you and I. It doesn't matter what we've had to go through. I told the church Wednesday night, and if you weren't here, you need to get the tape and listen to it. Could it be that God has called on some of us to go through some of the things that we are going through so we can prove to the world that you can go through it, that you can make it, That you can overcome it. That you can live through it. You don't have to become a victim. You don't have to become a person that was. You don't have to be a statistic. You can be a living, thriving force in God's world if you simply understand that your destiny is not in what somebody else does. I cannot control their action. I don't know what you're going to do next, but I do know That I have control over what I can do. And the word of God said. If you will obey me. If you will do whatever I command you to do. If you will listen to what I'm telling you this morning. uh, Housed in that obedience. uh, Is a miracle that will blow your mind. I've come to tell somebody this Sunday morning. uh, That God wants to get you out of some mess. That you've been living in. uh, But he's never going to get you out uh, as long as you keep blaming somebody else Uh, the truth is uh, your destiny is in your hands right now and you have the power to rise up you have the power to climb over that problem you have the power to get out of that mess you have the power to get out of that pig pen you have the power to rise up and say you know what i will not be defeated Hallelujah. I've had a lot of people say a lot of bad things about me just like you have. And it hurts. Nobody wants to be talked about. Nobody wants to be lied on. Nobody wants to be cheated. Nobody wants to be treated unfairly. But I have lived long enough to know that somebody cheating me and somebody lying on me and somebody telling something that's not true. Are telling something that's partly true, but leaving out the part that would turn the story. That does not determine my destiny. But there are people. There are people sitting on these pews right now that your life is being determined by what somebody else does. Your life and your happiness and your peace is being determined by whether somebody smiles at you or not or whether somebody shakes your hand or not. Bless your heart today if nobody in this building shakes my hand before I leave here this morning. I promise you that's not going to stop me from coming back tonight and lifting my hands uh, And worshipping the Lord. Because you don't hold my destiny. You don't determine whether I'm going to be free or not. You don't determine whether I will enjoy salvation and joy in my life. I learned a long time ago that if I am willing and obedient, the Bible said I will eat the good of the land. If I am willing and obedient, if I will just say yes to God, if whatever God speaks to me, I will rise up and do it. God said That, my friend, will determine your destiny. Not what somebody else has failed to do. Not what somebody else cheated you out of. Not what somebody else lied on you about. Not what somebody else said about you. Not what somebody else did to you. But what you can do for yourself this morning is more powerful than anything that's ever been done against you. Amen. What you can do for yourself is more powerful than what anybody has been able to do against you. Amen. You control your destiny. It's in your hands. You're not God. I'm not even intending to indicate that. I don't mean that you have the power to make or unmake But you have the ability to obey. And in obedience is my salvation. It is in obedience to the word of God that I find my freedom. It's when I learn to say yes to God that I find an open door in my life. It was when Noah heard the voice of God and God said, Noah, I'm about to bring judgments on this earth and it's going to rain Noah said rain, what's rain? rain it 's going to rain, noah water's going to come down from the heavens and going to flood the earth Noah never seen rain before all Noah ever known anything about was dew that came up from the ground god said i 'm going to reverse the process it 's going to fall from the sky it 's going to fall so heavy it 's going to flood this entire world, and I need you to build me a boat. I need you to build an ark and i 'm going to tell you the dimension now the destiny of Noah is in his hands Not in the hands of God God said I've got a plan for you I know how to get you out of that mess I know how to deliver you know up. I know how to save your life And this is how you do it Do this, build this build it like this according to these plans and so now the ball is in Noah's court what are you going to do Noah are you going to say well you know brother Hughes I don't know if I can do that my wife and and my kids and my job and hey when salvation was on the line Noah decided that it was better to lay everything else aside uh, and do what God was telling him uh, because in the end he was going to save his family because of his willingness to obey what God was telling him right right then sometimes our destiny sometimes our future is in the simple act of obeying what god has to say obedience is better than sacrifice. That's the word that God told Saul, who tried to circumvent God's plan and do it his own way. God said, I don't you, I don't want you to spare any of, uh, of the Amalekites. I don't want any of them to survive. I want you to destroy them all. When Samuel got into battle, he started second-guessing God and, and started trying to play some little demagogue like so often we do and, 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 and says, well, you know, I don't know why we need to do that and I don't know why we need to do this and I, I don't see any reason we have to kill everybody. Why don't we save the best and we'll offer them as a sacrifice. No, we'll make them our slaves and that way they'll always know they're in submission. That's, that's not what God told you to do, all. God said, destroy them all. He wants you to take all of them and move them out of the way. But Saul said, oh, I, I have a better plan. And so he comes in with this grand offering. He's got the king. He's got all the royal court with him. It would make a great display. It would make a great picture. It would make a great photo op to see Saul up there with Agag and all of his court and say, these are our the, captured and they're going to Become our servants, and the man of God came and said, Samuel, Samuel said to Saul, That's not what God told you to do. God didn't tell you to do that, He told you to do this. And God wants you to understand a principle that obedience is better than sacrifice. I don't care what you're willing to put on the altar. God said, If you're not willing to obey me, that sacrifice means nothing to me. I have lived long enough to learn. That there are people that will sacrifice anything. They'll give up this and they'll give up that. But they are not willing to humble themselves and obey God. And God said, I'm not interested in your sacrifice. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. And I own the gold that's in the hills. I own the oil and the petroleum. I own the rubies and the diamonds. I own every mineral that's in the earth. It's all mine. I don't need your sacrifice what I need is your obedience. What I need is you to say yes, Lord. And when you say yes to me, that opens up a door of opportunity that nothing else can. There are people sitting here this morning that are miserable and you're miserable because your happiness is predicated on what somebody else does or doesn't do to you. Now I know all of you have been off Facebook all month. By faith I'm saying that. So you don't know what people might be saying about you right now. But as soon as this month is over, I know that at 12 o'clock, midnight, Sunday, whenever, the last day of this month, somebody's going to be up and on Facebook. And if you're not careful, you're going to get back in the same mess that you were in before we started this fast. Somebody is going to have a loose tongue. Somebody's going to forget they have brains. Somebody's going to... Be a nincompoop. And they're going to put something out there. They're going to tell you stuff that you don't even need to know. And some of you sitting under the sound of my voice this morning. You're going to lose your salvation over some stupid thing called Facebook because you let that determine whether you're accepted or not accepted. Whether you feel good about yourself or you don't feel good. You know what? I don't care what they write about me. I've had things written good and I've had things written bad. But what you write about me doesn't determine whether I'm happy or not. It doesn't determine whether I'm going to live for God or not. I made up my mind a long time ago that it's in my hands. I'm the only one. One That can decide if I'm going to be happy I'm the only one that can decide If I'm going to dance I'm going to be the one that's going to decide If I'm going to have victory I'm not going to let you or anybody else Destroy that in my life And you need to learn that yourself Nobody can take away Nobody can take that victory Nobody can take that joy When you understand that you Hold your destiny In your own hands Praise God. Whoa! Hallelujah. Aren't we having fun this morning? Praise God. Hallelujah. I know a lot of bad things happen in life, and I'm not certainly not up here to make light of any of it. There's people here that have been abused, and there's nothing right about that. There's nothing funny about that. There's nothing funny about being cheated on. There's nothing funny about being lied about. I'm not making fun. But if you, if you hear what I'm telling you this morning, there are some of you here this morning that your happiness and your joy and your freedom, whether you can even worship the Lord, is predicated on what somebody else is doing to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Somebody else blew it. Somebody else messed up. Somebody didn't calculate what kind of crowd was coming to that wedding. But now because of somebody else's failure, I'm suffering. Somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do. Somebody didn't keep their word. And so now I... I'm not enjoying what I ought to be enjoying at this ceremony. And so Mary turns to the servants. And one of the most powerful truths that transcends that story. He says, whatever he tells you, you do it. I don't care what's happened. I don't care who failed. I don't care why it's messed up. I don't care who messed it up. I don't care who miscalculated. Maybe it was intentional. You know, we always have this, and we've got this victim mentality that they meant to do that to me. They did that on purpose. Are you listening to me? They did that on purpose. They're out to get me. They don't like me. And so my joy, my peace, my happiness is now in your hands or your hands or your hands or your hands. And so however you treat me or however you speak to me determines whether or not I'm going to make it or not. Think about how foolish that is. And there are people that backslide. There are people that get cold. There are people right here this morning that are cold in your spirit. And you are so far away from where God wants you to be. And it's all because you have allowed yourself to be sucked into this idea that somebody else, whether you say it or you just live it, somebody else is controlling your destiny. God said, "Nobody, no other person controls your destiny. Nobody, nobody, no person, no man, no woman can determine your destiny." I said brother Hughes, "I don't believe that they can. No, no, they can't. Well, yes, they can. Absolutely." I I, I want you to think about Joseph. What did they do to Joseph? Joseph didn't have any control over that. Those brothers sold him into slavery. They were going to kill him. He didn't have any control over that. No, he didn't. But he had control over his, his spirit and his attitude. And all the time he was in prison and all the time he went through that ordeal, he had control over who he was. And all of those years passed and all of a sudden here's Joseph sitting on the throne beside the king. Second most powerful man in the whole world at that time. The entire world was coming to Egypt because of the famine. He's the second most powerful man. How did he get there? Did he get there because he laid down in the prison cell? My brother's cheated. They don't like they, they say things about me. You, you think he got to that place because he wallowed around in self-pity and, and, and whined about everything that was wrong, how unfair. I've been cheated. I've been abused. I've been this. Hey, it's not funny. I know that. And I'm not making fun. What I'm saying is you don't get where Joseph got by having that kind of mentality. By thinking that your destiny is in somebody else's hands. No wonder Paul wrote in the New Testament that all things work together for the good. Who? To them who are the called, not just anybody. But somebody that's been called and somebody that has obeyed. Put it up, Romans 8, 28. We need to see that verse. We need to get that imprinted. Everything in our life, God said, can work together for good to them who are the called according to His purpose. Who are the called. Somebody said something and you responded and said, Yes, Lord. And that turns everything. That takes the hand that was trying to destroy and crush you and turns it and causes it to lift you up. Before it was over with, the very hands that had sold him into slavery was reaching up to him for help because of a principle that never changes. My destiny is in my hands. I'm not God. I can't save myself. But I can determine whether I am going to be saved or not. God is the God of salvation. But I'm the one that has to be willing to obey that salvation. Obedience holds the blessing of heaven. You can know all the wealth of the Bible. But if you don't obey it. It doesn't mean one thing. You can know every scripture. You can quote every verse there is to quote and not be saved. Obedience is the basis for knowing God's blessing and favor. Obedience is the mark of true discipleship. It is the mark of true submission to God. Obedience is a positive, active response To what God has said. Amen. Man's failure to obey God will result in lost blessing. Lost salvation. Lost increase. Lost preservation. Lost victory. What else can I say? Your destiny is in your hands. You're as happy as you want to be this morning. I am as happy as I want to be. I'm as free as I want to be. I have as much victory in my life as I want to have. If I want break breakthrough, I can have a breakthrough. I don't care if all hell rises against me. I can have a breakthrough. If every one of you turn against me this morning and say, Brother Hughes, we don't like you, we don't want you. You know what? It might hurt. But I'll go somewhere else and find me another place and I'll get up and preach just what I'm preaching right now. You don't control my destiny, I don't control yours. My destiny is in my hands. Doesn't matter what somebody else has not done. Doesn't matter how somebody else failed. It doesn't matter that somebody else dropped the ball. We got to quit living with that victim mentality. There are people that have been around church. They talk in tongues like a chinaman every chance they get, but it doesn't change the way they think. They still view themselves as being that. I'm not that. I'm this. I'm not what I was, I'm not what I ought to be, but I'm on my way. But I'm not that. I'm not what I was. And you know the sad truth is, some things happened to some people a long time ago and the people that did it to you, they've changed. They're not even the same anymore. They're better people than they were back then. But because you still live back there in the past, you don't give them an opportunity for salvation. You don't give them an opportunity for improvement. You don't even give them an opportunity to think that they might come to an altar and repent. Because you keep them housed in that past somewhere where they hurt you. And the truth is they've changed. They're not even the same person. They may be meaner. I don't know. Most likely they're not. Most likely... They're better. What am I saying? I'm saying that if you want a breakthrough in your life, you can have a breakthrough. If you want to be happy, you can be happy. If you want to smile, you can smile. If you want to live an overcoming life, you can live an overcoming life because nobody, no other person holds my destiny in their hands. I hold that key this morning. Future blessings and prosperity are conditioned upon obedience. Obedience, according to Hebrews 5 and 9, produces salvation. And it was obedience that brought a bounty into the boat of fishermen who had fished all night and caught No fish. But when Jesus said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought, Peter's response was, nevertheless, at thy word, at thy word, I will. Amen. And so he launches out into the deep and he lets down a net. Isn't that just like humanity? God said nets and we let down a net. But God didn't. You know what? What's amazing about God is even when we have feeble faith, it's better than no faith. And so he lets down a net and God fills up that one net until it's breaking. What are you saying? I'm saying that you control your destiny. You control what's going to come or what's going to happen in your life. God's determined it, but you are the one that ultimately decides how that's going to affect your life. And you know what? There's a lot of good stuff in that book. There's a lot of positive things in that book. There's a lot of things that I about that book that you just can't get away from. I, I like it when it says that I am more than a conqueror. That neither height, nor depth, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come nor any other creature can separate me from the love of God. I mean, not even a creature. And I've, I've seen some creatures in my lifetime. But he said, no creature can separate me from the love of God. Jesus said, when he was praying over his disciples, he said, no man can pluck them out of my hand. That's a pretty good place to be. In the hand of somebody that says, nobody's going to pull you out of my hand. Nobody. Nobody's going to pull you. I love it when the scripture says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's more than just a sweet little verse to sing every once in a while. That's a verse you need to live on all the time. Greater is He that's in me. I love the verse that says, I am more than a conqueror through Him who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror. I'm more than a victor. What are you saying? I'm saying that God has decreed some things in this book. He has declared, and that word will never return void. Whatever God has spoken is settled. There's no debating it. Right now, we're debating in an insurance settlement what's going to be the end of our church. What the settlement? We're in a big debate right now. We're still arguing about what's going to happen. But that word is settled. There's nothing about it to argue. There's nothing about it to debate. There's nothing about it to say, well, you know, I don't know if that works or not. Hey, folks, if it didn't work, he wouldn't have said it. Whether it makes sense or not doesn't matter. You see, there's just some things about God that don't make sense. You know what? If it made sense, it wouldn't be God. If it made sense, you'd be God. Boy, that'd be a tragedy. It doesn't make sense. He says go backwards so that you can go forward. He said if you want to be elevated, go down. Humble yourself. He said, if you want to rise up, submit yourself. That's the total opposite. I mean, we're, we're, we're maneuvering. We're trying to find our way through all the maze. We're trying to get shortcuts. We're trying to get around certain people. And God said, if you want to get up, get down. If you want to live, die. None of that makes sense. But I'm telling you this morning as a man who has lived for God for almost 40-something years that I have learned that when I humble myself and say yes to God, there's a door in heaven that opens. The windows of God's blessing begin to pour out on me. I am enjoying some things today in my life that I believe are nothing more than the fruit of obedience. Because a long time ago I said yes to God and now I am enjoying the fruit of that blessing praise God let's stand together before I preach myself to death your destiny your future your hope your happiness not controlled by somebody else quit thinking like that